Mecca G, what's, what's crack a lacking? What is going on? I got a question for you. I've been reading the, the I've been reading the dirt sheets, you know, and Dave Meltzer and all these other who uh, you know Dave who? Meltzer. Who? Who? <laughs> Who's the other fool from, from the torch? I forget his name. Um mm. yeah, Wade Keller. Wade Keller, dude. I used to listen to Wade Keller who? religiously back in the day. And and he is like a a nine eleven conspiracy theorist denier. You know, he thinks it's like nonsense. And I think he's very like like liberal to the point that I couldn't listen to it. If it, if it's that bad, like I'm like I can't listen. Like, you know me, I'll, I'll dabble. I couldn't listen to this shit, and and I had to turn him off. But anyway, Wade Keller and and Dave Meltzer were were writing in the dirt sheets, and they told me, and they told the world. That there are some hoes in this house, the Andrew Bello. Is that true? Well, this is one of those rare occasions where a squirrel, a blind squirrel at that, has found a nut. And because there are in fact hoes in this house, we are in fact back in this house. We're live in on YouTube house. on the PW Hustle. When y'all right. are done, be sure to watch H Tracks Loki review. I just checked that shit out today. It was fantastic, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really do the reaction video. Like, no offense to Track and Michael Davis and. Any one of you other Mark Tards out there that's fucking sent me a reaction video to watch over the years, like, sorry guys, just not my deal usually. Um, but watch tracks today. It was uh, cruising on the highway, and I've got limitless data on my cell phone now for the first time in a, ever. So I'm like streaming YouTube on on the road. I'm, it's only a matter of time before I die in a car crash. I know, but uh, nevertheless, um, was sitting there watching tracks scream at his uh, at his computer. It was hilarious. Motherfucker goes through like half a pack of cigarettes during the course of an episode Seriously, of Loki, which was, which, was, <laughs> which was kind of impressive, not going to lie. <laughs> However, just made me want to smoke more. So, damn you, Track. You're killing me slowly, although that probably is your goal. Anyway, check that shit out. It was very, very good. And, and you know, listen, Track and I, we don't, we don't see eye to eye on certain realms of things, right? Like, as long as Track and I are talking politics, we're pretty much buttonheads. But we like all the same shit. We all we watch wrestling. We watch all this shit brother knows his comic books right like i'm sitting there watching this and i'm like blown away at how much how deep of a like a an expansive knowledge he has of, of some of these characters and just like you know spoiler alert uh but not really uh he just totally nails the ending um as far as like what marvel was trying to do with the loki character and all that sort of stuff so hats off the track go check that out on the pw hustle channel when you're done watching this shit damn what an endorsement. I've only seen two episodes of Loki this season. Um, I got and, and to be honest with you, so much of it has gone over my head that I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. I got I mean, I'm enjoy I enjoy it. It's it's excellent. But um I, I gotta go back and watch the first season because I've largely forgotten it. And and then watch uh, what's going on now to, to kind of bring it all together. But the groove, 
that holds the 11-11 boys together is here today, ladies and gents. Please do us the honor, sir. Oh, I thought that was to me. Uh, no, but nevertheless, I... <laughs> silly me. All right, never mind. Um, but I, I guess that brings us to our main event of the evening. Oh. And he comes to us from the land of the Sun Devil by way of the Denver airport. He stands at six feet, 6.6 inches tall, weighing in at an unbelievably svelte 666 pounds. All biceps. There they are on YouTube. They're back, baby. And he is the master of the massive memories, the connoisseur of the colossal kajungas, and the honker of you. Hooters. He's sexy. He's stranglery. Strangler. Steve. <laughs> Damn it. Boom. <laughs> bells. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nine of them living over there too it's fucking weird but nevertheless oh, that is what it is where are they from <laughs> do they know are they legal <laughs> i feel That's like I at know. least one of them would have to be to live here like in order to right, right, get right. all the paperwork you got to get to live in this fucking uh section of asgard you gotta at least one <laughs> of them's gotta be gotta be legal right on. cool man well thanks for the introduction how's it going oh. fellas Going on, strays. What's the deal? Today uh, would have been my mom's seventieth birthday today, so that's kind of cool. Bless. God bless. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it Papa Bella's birthday, so a happy, oh, happy yeah. birthday to Odin. How how old is your pops today? Oh, he is. Oh, 67? 66. Oh, wow. 66. Weird. Yeah, right on. Pretty cool. Yeah, not, not a lot to, uh, going on right now today. I just had, had regular work schedule today, which was kind of cool, although we had no water at work, so that was like a hoop of fire to have to jump through. So and that kind of sucked, but uh, dealt with it and got everybody fed, which was great. And, uh, you know, not really a lot going on. It's like it's we're at the end of like at the end of this week. We're pretty much closed until like uh, we're taking almost two weeks off for Thanksgiving, which is fantastic. And uh, so like. We're trying to run out all the product, basically, so there's nothing really sitting around for two weeks doing nothing. So, like, it's that weird balance of, well, we still got to feed, you know, I, have, I think there's, like, 35 people there this week. So, three meals a day for 35 people is still a decent amount of food. But also, at the same time, we're trying to, like, dwindle everything down to nothingness. So, there's a certain things that we're, you know, kind of getting out of, and there's certain things that we have plenty of. And now I'm like, what in the world am I going to make these people <laughs> tomorrow you know it's like oh okay, i can't what i'm gonna do with all this them. yucca like what the yeah, fuck like, what do you yeah, like, <laughs> I, I just say like I, i've got like 30 pounds of beets like you know, just give me who wants beets and milk anybody let's see a show of hands you know but, but i know like tomorrow's wednesday well as you listen this but I, like by friday i'm gonna be like i don't know how i'm gonna be doing it i'll be trying to see if there's anything in the freezer but like you guys want some frozen cookie dough batter for lunch today or something but uh it's it, it's weird how it always ends up like this. This is how it was at the end of the season last year. We ended in the end of May, and it was the same thing. Like, God, I wish the party like it was a, a good, you know, forty something group of people 
It's like, man, that's a lot of people. And, you know, you don't want to get too many orders. And it's like, God, because it's just going to go bad. And you don't want to throw anything away and keep your, you know, your waste down to a minimum. We even, we even compost, you know, like any like eggshells and coffee grounds and anything organic, we, we compost and put in our garden because we grow our own, you know, we have some vegetables like tomatoes and peppers and things like that. But it's like, God damn, it's, it's starting to get to the point where you have to be pretty creative to get people fed. So now it's like, well, I guess I can make a soup out of this, you know, I'll add a little water, it's like this mixed vegetables and add a little uh, chicken. Base. Today you eat yeah. porsche. <laughs> We're just going to call this chicken soup. Chicken soup surprise. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, <laughs> That's what we're going to this week. Speaking of surprises, are we in for a surprise come the Survivor Series? For the first time in a long time, I am excited about the Survivor Series, not because of CM Punk. Okay, let's get that straight right now. Yeah. I don't yeah, give sure. a damn if Phil Brooks shows up. Okay, it doesn't matter to me oh, if that dude's the shoot name. Right. <laughs> She's getting real. Screw that guy. <laughs> anyway. I don't care, but I do want to see war games. I love war games. I always loved war games, you know, over in WCW. I thought it was dope. And it hasn't been, I mean, I guess in, in NXT it was pretty cool to see too, you know, but um, it's the main roster now. I don't know, for some reason it has a different, a different uh, look in my mind now that it's, it's back up to the main roster and it's like it's, it's the real deal. Uh, the Judgment Day is killing it, right? And, and, uh, now we got Cody Rhodes, the King of Kings, the new head of the table, you know, the real deal, um, the head of the Rhodes family tribe. Um, and uh, we got Jey Uso, who, who defected from, from the Samoan table and came over to the Rhodes table. You know, uh, he was like, peace. I, I know who the real head of the table is. I'm going to go over there. Cody rescued him. He's yes, exactly. <laughs> Cody rescued him, brought him over to Raw. And then what else? Rescue Samoan. Sammy Zayn and um and uh, who else? Uh, oh, and Seth Rollins, who who I don't know. He's been playing in somebody's closet and trash. Back, it's just dressed like it's just I don't awful. know. Yeah, I mean it's 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 whatever. But it's gonna be a really good match, I think. Can't wait to see it, right? But now the rumors start. The rumors start since they're in Chicago, right? And CM Punk is on the interwebs. He's on social media because he's he's a starved for attention. So he always has to put something out there, right, about anything because he he wants the attention. I you know I, I'm not a fan of CM Punk. I, I don't I think I've made that clear throughout the years, right? Um, and he's sitting there and he's like, all right, he's training or whatever. He's running around and apparently he burned 666 calories, right? So. Um, so not only is, is he uh, uh, a bad person, but he's a saint in this now. I guess we'll, we'll just throw that at him, you know, 666. Probably illuminate confirmed, right? Shouts to Isaac Whitesaw. Um, so, he may so, be yeah. straight edge, but he ate the baby. He ate the baby, the dingo ate your baby, and Australia doesn't exist, okay? Just a heads up. So. Damn. Um, so he, he's uh, so he's doing that, and then he's like, uh, he starts playing uh, uh, War Pigs, right? And that apparently that's the song that the WWE is using uh, to promote Survivor Series. War Pigs uh, from uh, uh, Black Sabbath. Uh, CM Punk played a cover of War Pigs by Faith No More. 
put it up there and everybody's losing their minds saying that CM Punk is returning to the WWE at Survivor Series. It is Chicago after all. Now, we don't need this. We don't we don't need CM Punk. We don't need The Rock. We don't need it. Stay away. Stay away, okay? Let let uh, um first off, I don't think CM Punk coming back hurts Mr. Cody Rhodes, you know, but still, uh, we don't we don't need CM Punk. We don't need The Rock. They can go over there. Go over there and stay the hell out of my ring and let me enjoy this, please. Please, Phil Brooks, go away. Just saying. All right. The Andrew Butler. What's up, sir? Yeah, I'm sorry to uh, disagree. I know this is uncommon, Billy Ray, but... um <laughs> yeah, no, we need CM Punk. We need Phil no. Brooks. Uh, we need him desperately. We need him. We need The Rock. We need these people. Because right now I'm looking at Cody Rhodes, who's like, like, listen to me. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's where he belongs. And that's hopefully where he'll end up at the end of the day. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm just not wowed by any of this. I, they, they blew their load way too early with the Brock thing. As predicted here on this show, it's just cooled the fuck off to the point to where I don't care anymore. At, at this point, I'm like way more invested in Judgment Day. Like I'd rather fucking Damian Priest fucking make a run at this. Not that I'm all that interested in him either, which brings me back to Phil Brooks, somebody I would be interested in. And yeah, like Orton could come back, but like goddamn title runs do I need to see with Orton or even like attempts at a title run. I'm sorry, man. I mean, I, guy's talented still in this late stage in his career. But like, I, I I'm not wowed by anything involving Randy Orton in, in 2023, 2024. Like, I mean, he should be doing stuff like he was doing with Riddle for a while at this point, I think. But um, we need Phil. We need Phil to come in here and save the day. Um, and because for all of those reasons, plus we've got a champion on Raw right now. That's just dog shit. Like, uh, they're shooting, they are shooting uh, extensive reshoots for Captain America 4. I hope they cut him out of that movie. I hope they take this fucking title off him, even if it does ultimately go to Cody Rhodes, which is probably what's where we're going to end up. They even they even did a little like kind of tension moment this week on Raw between the two of them, so they're they're leaving that open as a possibility, and they'll probably go with it. They are they're leaving that door open, Um, but yeah, I think I think Seth is somebody's got to come into Raw and be a goddamn champion on Raw. That's worth the fuck. We've got Roman completely running the whole company basically, but. SmackDown is Roman's show. Smack Roman's not even there for weeks at a time. It's still Roman's show in a way that it never really was Brock's show when Brock would go away for months at a time. Like everything is still about Roman Reigns, even when Roman Reigns isn't isn't around. And uh, we need like a Phil or a Rock to come in and be the champion on Raw because it's just nothing over there is very good. I mean, honestly, I think our best solution for the Seth Rollins problem can be summed up in two words, and that's paternity leave. Uh, let's get this, you know, I mean, frankly, between him and his counterpart over there, uh, Becky is a, a title holder in the company. She's kind of running around actually trying to make an attempt to, like, make some stars and might actually do it along the way here. Uh, I think she's contributing far more with with her belt and her time on top than he is. You know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. She, she got pregnant, had this kid, and then Seth stayed home and watched the babies. <laughs> Striz, I'm I'm not even gonna acknowledge what what Bello said. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not even gonna say anything about it. We need him. Um, hey, the, the, everybody seems to agree with you. You know, 
I don't think we need the guy. Get the hell out of my freaking television screen, Phil Brooks. Go away. Go away. I stopped watching AEW because of you. Actually, I did watch a couple of things when you came back, and then I stopped watching it altogether. Of course, when he comes back, people are going to freaking lose their minds. It's going to be a moment, right? CM Punk comes in. Chicago's going to freaking lose it. This is what Hooper did. What's up, Hooper? How you doing? What's going on? Shouts, shouts from Cody Lodes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I can do without CM Punk. You know, it'd be dope, though, if CM Punk ends up in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I would love to see that. That'd be fantastic. I would love for him to come back and lose to Damian Priest. That'd be, that'd be really cool. I would love for him to come back and lose to, to um, the, the great conqueror, Cody Rhodes. I, w- I would love to see Cody Rhodes like, like beat him for three matches in a row. That, that'd be very cool. You know, things like that, I'm all for. I'm all for that. What's up, Striz? How you doing? Uh, good, but I don't really have an opinion on any of this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, as far as Punk goes, if he comes back, at least it's a little something for people to talk about online and everything. So that's a little of that. And people yeah. will watch simply just to see the drama unfold of Punk being Punk and how quickly he'll be kicked out or whatever the hell happens. So, you know, as far as business goes, I guess you can say it's good for business, but it's not necessarily good for morale in the locker room, but. When have they ever given a fuck about morale in the locker room? You know, so um, do I, I. I don't. I don't give a fuck one way or another. If if he, I don't care if he comes back. And I don't care if he stays home. But uh, you know, I do care that it'd be great to see the ratings go up past uh, like a what's raw getting like a one point six now, which is terrible. You know, uh, this this less than half of what it should be minimally. It should be over like, at least a three point two, three point three. At least, and, okay. and it's just simply not especially with the eyeballs and the amount of homes that the TV show is in. It's just, it's absurd, but that's what people think about wrestling now is just, they're just whatever, but maybe punk coming back would be like maybe a little bit of a spark. Like when he came back to AEW and I, I called it like the first few weeks, you know, you're going to do well with it, but it's how he's booked after that to keep people watching or not. So if they do bring him back, hopefully they get him in something spicy, like with uh, Rollins. Rollins has been like the weakest champion ever. And like, Keep selling that he's got a broken back, but somehow he can slip over, you know, monsters like you know Drew McIntyre or beat, you know, um, Shinsuke Nakamura twice in a row, like which absolutely kills both of those guys. Really, they like, go, oh, I have a broken back, but I can still kick your ass, and I can still kick your ass, and come out and do my dance in this whole the whole absolute ridiculous bullshit that he does every time without that song honestly who would he be because that's really the only thing that even keeps him half relevant is the song because the matches really aren't that great the costume is not that great you know and uh it's basically just a one-trick pony at this point and i don't know why they're bothering keeping it on him unless it's just to get to a bigger pay-per-view like survivor series just to have him drop it but you know if he if he were to drop it to, to, to punk i mean that would definitely get a lot of People to talk. I mean, that's kind of stuff that they'd mentioned on ESPN. You know what I mean? Like, Punk makes his return and becomes WWE champion, like in the first night or whatever. I, I mean, it would pop me just because I like to see stuff weird, things like that happen that don't take necessarily. I don't mind the long program, but I don't need everything to be a nine month build up before they finally have a payoff. And, uh, you know, I think that the Rollins character needs to be off TV, like if you were to lose and then take a break until. You know, it comes back at the Rumble, so be it. Let him take some time off so he can, you know, regroup and take a break. And uh, he's been on TV nonstop and since Mania. 
and uh, give them a chance to let people kind of forget about them a little bit. You can't miss you if you don't go away kind of scenario and let, let punk run with the belt. Why the hell not? You know? Hey, hey. Oh my God. If, if CM Punk wins the world title, I, I will curl up. It, it, it will, it would be almost as bad as the biggest mistake in WWE history in WrestleMania 39 when Cody Rhodes did not win the WWE title. That, that, that's the way I would feel. I don't know if I can ever recover from it, Stris. I don't know if I can come back from something like that. To have CM Punk walking around with one of the major titles, even though it is the second place uh, reward right. trophy, thank you for participating, belt. I don't think he should even have that. How did we go... But here's the here's the thing, not to cut you off, is that you're not the only one who thinks like that. There's there's a slew of fans who don't want to see that happen. But isn't that a good reason to do it? I don't know, man. Because I, I it's mean, not about him winning it and carrying it. It'll be the all about the who's gonna kick CM Punk's ass and take the title off of that, you know, that piece of shit. We hate him, we hate that he's the champ, we hate that he walked right in after being an AEW and he yeah. got to be the champ there twice when he came back hurt and he Win the belt there, and as soon as he leaves, he goes there and he wins. That's the kind of shit that will make a long-time wrestling fan pissed. And he walked right in the door and became champion because Seth was hurt or whatever. They couldn't have done this to the, you know, the, that's that's modern-day heel heat right there. I don't, I don't know, Strays. I, I mean, I, I've always tried to come to terms with this and figure out how we went from it was Hulk Hogan. The macho man, Randy Savage. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, right? Yeah. There was a dip in the business. But those two guys are still iconic. They're still great, you know, incredible wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, right? And then, I mean, it was a big drop with John Cena, but Brock Lesnar was around, you know? Mm -hmm. Even throw Randy Orton in the mix. The fuck does CM Punk sit in that? How the hell did that 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 even? You can say the same thing about Seth. Yeah, but but Seth Rollins isn't isn't. See, I, I've been nobody. You go to a grocery store in anywhere in America. Said, so, you know who Seth Rollins yeah. is? The answer is no, no, no. no. Yeah. They don't have a fucking clue. But I, I think they, they may for, know who Roman Reigns is. Yeah, they I was certainly about, don't fucking know who Seth Rollins. Maybe is. they know who Roman Reigns is, right? I don't think they know who CM Punk is either. Nah, There's more of a chance that they... No, 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 no. But CM Punk is not a household name. He CM Punk's like on Netflix. He's in UFCs. And like he's touched enough things to where people know who he is. Like he, people he, would know. His, his name is people, CM Punk. It's not like his name is Bob Smith. Like you remember a CM Punk. I, I, I will go and do a WL, WLR Man on the Street. And I will ask people... <laughs> Do you know who CM Punk is? And I think more people would say yes to that than over Seth Rollins. Only because of his time been. in UFC, even though he got no. his ass kicked. I agree. Remember that. Yeah, you know, if you went out on the streets in New York and asked that question, Billy Ray, you will get more people that will say, yes, he's the best in the world, than you <laughs> will get people that say no. Almost what? guaranteed. You are out of your mind. He he is he's definitely more recognizable than Seth Rollins in the mainstream. That's not saying much. CM Punk is is. I, I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna film it. Eight track Brown. If you're listening, you know we're gonna walk the streets of New York after the Dave Matthews band, 
Actually, in Madison. I like the Garden, sound I'm, of this. Stop Please people saying, hey, this. you. Hey, you, Mark Tart, come here. Hey, you. Come <laughs> here. You look like you like wrestling. Do you know who CM Punk is? Huh? Who's CM Punk? All right. Thank you. They, they, boom. Keep it moving. Boom. You know, uh, if, if we go to a, a wrestling show, yeah, everybody's going to know who CM Punk is. But in the mainstream, he got his ass whooped in the UFC. That's still the, the people that went to watch the UFC, whether well, there's a UFC fan, a hardcore UFC fan, and then there were WWE or wrestling marks that wanted to see it happen, right? So I don't know how much of that spilled out into the mainstream. I don't think CM Punk is that dude like that. I just don't. And I remember when he came back, I was like, yeah, it's going to move the needle, but only for a little bit. Well, yeah. And that actually, that brings me back to my kind of ultimate point here, though, is Mm -hmm. that um, there isn't a lot of needle moving to be done, right? Like, how much of a needle mover, like, out there? I mean, yeah, all right, take, take aside Punk, and even for a second, if you can take aside your infatuation with Cody Rhodes, the reason we're talking about we're taking, I know you can't, but try, try your best. Um, <laughs> but the reason we're talking about the rock coming back is because there are no fucking stars in this business anymore. Like there's none. The Miz could probably still be in this conversation because at least he's got like some level of mainstream popularity. And then as much as I love the Miz, it's kind of shameful that at this point he still could an argument could be made that he could be like a good world champion right now because you got Seth, you got Cody, you got Jay Uso, you got Sami Zayn who they should have put the fucking belt on 18 months ago. And then you've got like all these other like layer factors where you got Seth with this belt that no one gives a fuck about that they probably have no real plans for and are ultimately going to unify into the big belt anyway. But they, created a belt for Seth to have so that he can eventually have a a belt on the red carpet when he goes and does press for Captain America 4 and that has now been pushed back like a year and a half so either this motherfucker is going to have this belt until then or we're going to be you know passing it around for a little while and maybe Cody will be one of those people but no no needles are being moved like no one wants to see John Cena win a 17th title no one wants to see Randy Orton come back and win a 15th who else is out there? I mean, like, you know, God rest his soul. Bray Wyatt should be fucking running everything right now. But like, you know, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore, you know, but we run out of options, man. CM Punk is what we're left to. Like, we are we are in Cody the desert. Rhodes. There's no water to be found. And Cody Rhodes ain't fucking quenching my thirst. Cody Rhodes Pause. is a bigger star right now in professional wrestling than CM Punk. Is. Cody Rhodes is. In, it's absolutely true. Cody Rhodes was headlining WrestleMania and had that entire crowd, but with the exception of Stridge, he was the only one who was like, I want Roman Reigns to win, and Roman Reigns is going to win, and then Roman Reigns won. Um, but everybody else wanted, wanted a, a Cody Rhodes to win, and surprisingly so. He still managed to keep uh, most of that momentum to this point, which I doubted him. And shame on me for doubting the head of the table, Cody Rhodes. So, I mean, I I think Cody Rhodes is a bigger star than CM Punk, regardless of that. CM Punk coming back will, will, you know, will uh, get get the buzz going. And it creates some matches, right? It creates CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes. And Cody should win that easily, right? It creates Cody Rhodes versus uh, Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins was talking about, I like Seth Rollins matches. I think the, the character is, ugh. Right, but I like his matches, um, and and I think he's only over because of the song. Uh, but 
but he did say some things about CM Punk not too long ago. He was like, stay out of my world, CM Punk. Don't come. Don't come to the WWE. I hate you, Phil. I hate you. I remember him saying that. So, um, that that's something, right? They, they can start a whole thing off of that. Um, Roman CM Punk would be kind of dope, right? And, and Roman can beat him. As long as people are continuously beating CM Punk, if Triple H came out of retirement and beat CM Punk, I'd be very happy to see. It. <laughs> you know that that'd be like, all right, good, good. good. I'd, that, I'd that, pay good money to see that one. That would I great. would pay good money to see that too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but um, but this is what we've got left. You, you do have a point, and I'm coming to straight. This is what we got left. We got CM Punk, CM Punk coming back, and and that you know uh, we're talking about it. You know, um, and and other shows are talking about it. You know, and and that's that's literally where we are. Um, there are no real needle movers. Sure. You know, um, uh, see, uh, what is it? Uh, Cody's up there, but he's not really moving the needle. Maybe he's maintaining the needle. You know, everybody was shocked that 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 he is to the to the level that he is. He's a white meat baby face, and people still love him. He's the biggest face in in professional wrestling right now. In my opinion, I don't think there's anyone else uh, in, in any company uh, in, in America. I don't know about Japan, but uh, any company in America, it's, it's Cody. Cody's the biggest face. I don't know what that says about the business, you know, but um, I would just love to not have to deal with CM Punk during a Survivor Series. Is it going to be cool to watch? Yeah, but then that, that, that leads into a, a whole other shit that's going to go down. It's going to be Kevin McCarthy hitting somebody in, in, in the kidneys again. Like, it, it, that's what's going to happen. You didn't hear about this, right, right, uh, Bells? No. You didn't hear about this? No. Striz, did you hear about this? No, not at all. Kevin McCarthy, who was – this happened today. Kevin wow. McCarthy, who used to be the Speaker of the House, got voted out. One of the guys that voted him out, they were both in, 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 uh, in a hallway. The guy that voted – I don't know. I forget the name of the, the guy that voted him out. It started with a B. He was giving an interview to some lady from NPR and allegedly Kevin McCarthy hit him in the kidney. There's a whole freaking thing about it because it was, wow. there's audio behind it. They're, they're, they're arguing with each other. And Kevin McCarthy was like, uh, take that to hit him in the kidney. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Go, go check that. Um, but anyway, Striz, no. uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Striz, like I, I, I know, you you brought up a couple of good points about CM Punk, right? And and how it, it could help, you know, it, it it could help. But in reality, like things like what's coming up is is the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. These things sell themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really need uh, the CM Punk or the Rock. I I think they should try to invest in 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 their own people, man. Maybe I mean they they, they have this kid, a uh, uh, Trick Trick Williams is his name, right? Yeah, and those people losing their minds for Trick Williams down there. And I, I've never seen him wrestle. I don't. I don't know, but I saw that happen. I was like, that. That's freaking crazy. He has a really, really strong reaction. Maybe concentrate on your people. If you're gonna bring CM Punk back, have Braun Breaker freaking spear that dude to 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 freaking next week. I'd love to see it. Um, but but that's the way they should be using this guy if they bring him back. In my opinion, what's up, Strange? You know, I, I, I love Trick Williams. Uh, I tweeted about him earlier this week about how, why is there no merch for him. But he's three years away from ever being ready for any kind of real push on a main roster player. He'll, he'll get there, but he's not there yet. He's just catching on, you know what I mean? He's like, The thing with NXT is you're watching guys learn on the job. I was thinking about that earlier, is that you don't 
they don't get to flourish in the Indies for seven or eight years. They don't get to go to Japan on their own or Puerto Rico like they used to back in the day. So you're watching a guy's learning curve, which I think long-term may actually hurt a guy more than it helps him because you, some people will always remember him as the guy who, you know, had green footwork in the ring or what have you couldn't get over. And all of a sudden something happened. He finally, the light goes off because it does take 10 years to really, really learn how to do this. And, uh, you know, by then, you, you know, they've seen you fail or they've seen you fuck up or flop or not get over the way you were intended to get over or you just couldn't carry a segment the way they hoped you could. And, you know, before all this NXT shit, when you were out on the indies, you had a lot of that stuff down because you're working all over the country, all different kinds of styles, with all different kinds of workers all day, every week. So when you go out to a crowd who's never, ever seen you before, you have to reestablish yourself nearly every single night because 80 to 90 percent of the crowd has never seen you. And you have to, you know, is this guy a baby face or heel? Without saying it, you have to show it, you know. And that's when you really start learning how to work. And, uh, you know, they don't get that now. But, um, you know, he'll, he'll get there. But as far as, you know, do we need The Rock or do we need, um, you know, Punk? I, I, I don't think so. But in the same regard, oh, I, like many and, and the Rumble, they sell themselves. Like you said, because the tickets go on sale eight months before the show ever happens. And if you want to go, you just happen to hope that they can put something together for you. Because if you want to go and not pay like third or fourth party prices because they've been sold and resold to other people, you buy the tickets as soon as you can get them and just pray, man, I hope it's a good main event. Because that's what <laughs> I've been doing for years now. Right. You know, and you don't get to choose. You know, you don't go, there's no walk up window for WrestleMania the day of the show and go, two, two tickets, please. That, that ain't happening. You're going to go to a scalper who's going to sell them each for five grand a piece. And that's, that's the shoot of it. But, uh, you know, that's how it works right now. But long-term speaking, if they're not developing guys and if sales start going soft on things like that, they, obviously they're going to have to be like, well, the, the excitement's not there and what's missing, it's the talent. But it's, it's a long, it's an issue that goes back years and years, like from stemming from, honestly, when Vince bought WCW and put out his competition just to win this war or whatever, uh, like cutting off half the workers that could have helped this company on a much longer term basis. But all the, you know, some guys went home and never came back. Some guys didn't want to take the payout. Some guys did. The guys who didn't, you know, there's you know bad blood because you didn't do what Vince wanted to do when you did it. You didn't jump through the through the hoop of fire the right way, or you didn't shake the right hand. So you're not going to be here. So pretty much you're cast out of the business. Rather than eventually, if that guy had come three years later and had WCW never closed or whatever. He could have been a mainstay player. No one specifically, but think of all the guys that never came back once WCW closed, you know, to perpetuate the talent, you know, wheel, if you will, in WWE for the next 10 years. Or, you know, if WCW was around today, it'd still be a place where guys are learning and, you know, getting over and there'd be old talent that goes back and forth, you know, and seasoning up the young guys and getting them ready. It's like, it's, that's how the system worked for generations. So once the WCW was closed, they had to open up their own thing with NXT. And now they they took every single breathing body that was worth their boost from the Indies all at once and did the same thing. They cultivate these guys over a two-year period, three-year period, put 10 of them on TV and fire seven of them six months later. And then those guys are back off toiling and, you know, what's left of the indies, of, you know, there. So it was not a good idea to do any of that shit. That what they should have done is just never try to fucking put the boots to their competition. They did the same thing with TNA, trying to, you know, poach guys that they can poach, 
used them. Never used them the right way because they're TNA guys. We're not going to push these guys the right way. They're just going to get our guys over. But eventually, the world gets tired of seeing the same seven guys going over on guys. WWE doesn't make any more stars. They'll bring back somebody from the past like Goldberg or whoever they can get their hands on. Dust them off for a program. Get through whatever thing they were going through. All right, let's get back to fucking Seth Rollins on TV because we need more of that. We need more 25-minute matches with Falcon arrows that don't get anybody pinned and you know, the same buckle like bomb bullshit that you've seen. Yeah, no, never. Why would you do a move <laughs> that never fucking works? But Seth Rollins matches everybody, and Billy Ray loves the matches, so I guess that works. That's right. That's a good match. So you're, you're us. A Billy Ray knows. You're a fan, Billy Ray, and you watch the product, and if you enjoy the matches, that's great. Psychologically speaking, it's absolutely the fucking shits, and why would you use a move that never has ever beat anybody but still insist on getting in every single one of your matches if you never... Why would you even bother pinning the guy? You'll never pin the guy. It's never happened yet. If they gave us one match 17 years ago, he, would, he used to beat people with this move. That's why it's in every week. It's never happened. Never will happen. It's like actually, it's, it's like one of those moves that all of a sudden it's Survivor Series and somebody gets pinned with the Falcon's arrow. Like all the, like they used to do that in the 80s or 90s. It's Survivor Series and there's 10 guys, on, you know, five babies, five heels. And all of a sudden, Dino Bravo gets slammed from Bret Hart and Bret does the elbow off the middle rope which he never pinned anybody with before, but somehow pinned Dino Bravo during the Survivor Series match yeah. with that. Like, oh, I was like, what the fuck? You know, it's, so it's, it's silly shit, but they still haven't done that with such stupid fucking Falcon Arrow move, sling blade clothesline. None of it fucking matters. It's all just time to take up time to get to the next, you know, backroom segment and everything. I know it's kind of a rant, but, uh, you know, that's, that's ultimately why, like when you say we need guys like The Rock or we need guys like Punk, or we do need them, we don't need them, whatever the argument is, the reason that they have to keep going back to these motherfucking guys is because there is nobody new in the, the works because they took everybody all at once and either cut them up and didn't like them or spitefully just said, ah, there'd be more in the pipeline down the road. And now with AEW, a lot of them have gone over there and you can't even get your hands on them if you wanted to. And the others have, everyone's just gotten old and gone away at this point, you know? So there's really not a lot to choose from at this point. So you have to go to the rocket or you have to go to, Punk. Punk's like 45 years old. The Rock is 52 years old, 53 years old. And, you know, this, they're, I mean, back when The Rock was young and they kept bringing guys back, they'd like, you know, make fun of wheelchair wrestling and Hulk Hogan's still in the ring. You got to be kidding me. You know, now they're the modern day yeah. equivalent to that. So it's just the same thing. And, you know, nobody's learned their lesson yet. Nobody knows how to really make talent. And WWE just, you know, as even the scary thing is, they're still the number one brand. They're the measuring stick. They always will be, so long as they're open. And they're the ones that make some of the biggest mistakes in the history of the industry. So here we are asking, why is the fucking Rock going to work in a Mania match at 55 years old and either be the champ and be a 55-year-old champ or lose and the, the, your, your number one guy beat a 55-year-old man? There's, there's yeah. literally no winning in that situation. And this it's is where we stand with the wrestling business. It's such a self-perpetuating problem too, right? Like every time you have to yeah. go back to the well to grab one of these guys to patch a hole because you don't have a star, it's another missed opportunity to make another star, right? right. Like So it's like every time you got to do this, it becomes an issue. But that's where we're at. Like, I mean, like amongst the, the handful of people that are like over and talented and famous enough, if you will, to even be right. near a world title right now, like – Logan Paul's in that conversation right now, which kind of yep. makes me want to segue to our U.S. champion, who uh, apparently <laughs> upon winning the title, uh, the U.S. title, that is, uh, was immediately told backstage by Triple H that 
WWE now has a very strict policy against their talent having sexual intercourse while wearing the belts. Now, I don't know where this came from. I can't think of there. Was there an incident that I got? I'm, I'm missing something what? here. I think. What? There was, was there something with the belts? And uh, yeah. Like, Paige with happened? the, uh, with the oh, ladies title that. NXT. Yeah. Well, anyway, Logan Brad Paul, was, uh, shoot, he was shooting <laughs> some video on YouTube with his brother, uh, Jake Paul, also a very famous and, and, you know, but talented athlete in his own right. And uh, and they were joking around and, and Logan was explaining this whole scenario to him. And he's just like, and Triple H tells me, like, you know, don't fuck in the belt. And before you know it, I'm clapping cheeks, wearing 40 pounds of gold around my waist. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he almost telling Logan Paul not to fuck in the belt may have been the like one sure way to guarantee might not have even crossed his mind. Right. Like maybe right. was wouldn't be the first thing I'd think to do necessarily if I won a world championship. Like, I, I don't know, but. I, it would definitely be on the list. It just wouldn't be the first thing. <laughs> I think the caveat is, is like, don't do it on camera. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe somebody else has been caught like on some sort of like maybe maybe somebody maybe there's been a pattern of this and we've only ever gotten yeah. the page leaks. No, it's, it's been a thing. I'm like I've heard yeah. about that, that. Yeah, it's that like the Stanley Lester, Cup, I guess, right? Like uh, all sorts of gross they shit. They won the WWE title. They have sex with like Ric Flair probably did this for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, I'm not doubting it in, by any stretch. Uh, Logan Paul, yeah, he probably already did it too. It's a, yeah. what are you gonna do? And and that's oh, why I if you're with the mid card title. Is that is that really what you want to be doing? Like, I don't know. It's his first WWE title. I would I would do it too. You know, I, well, no, I wouldn't. I I would immediately request a new title. Also, I'd be like, listen, yeah. Logan Paul used that. Can I get a different one, please? Let let him it's keep sanitized. Right. That you know. Let me get the John Cena one. I know he wasn't doing shit with that. Please, can I can I hold that one? It's probably clean. You know, um, th- that's it. You know, that, that that's that's. Oh, and I I do want to talk. Unless you you have something to say about that, Stray. You got something to say about uh? No, I I do think it's kind of been like a little cult underground thing that you know, right? Workers have done for a while. You know, it's just it's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, there, there it is. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about the, the, what is it? Damage control. And then we're going to shout outs. Um, damage control. I think they should turn on Bailey ASAP, all of them. And there's another, another girl there that's not Asian and they should beat her up too. And there should just be an Asian damage control. That's it. That's it. And and maybe get another Asian damage control. Yeah. Damage control. Uh Black Friday Bundaroo. Damage control. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. When I saw Oscar go over there, I was like, fantastic. Let's do it. And then I, I want them to turn on Bailey so bad, man. I, I am so into that right now. Can't wait to see it. What's up? What's up, Stris? Uh, You know, I think Bailey's due for another baby face run, but you know, she's been a, a, an absolutely terrible heel. Like these last several years, I can't stand her performance. It's just like it's what I picture like a third grader acting like when there's a substitute teacher in the room, and that can't get that out of my head. So it's just very adolescent kind of acting and poorly acted, and the laughing is shrill at best. And uh, you know, maybe she could do the baby face thing again. But the thing is, is that you need to have people feel sympathy for her if she's turning baby face again. And with the, the the character that she's in now, this persona is just there's nothing to really like or get behind. And 
even if they jumped her, I feel like people would cheer them and like she'd end up being the one that stays healed and they're all baby faces. <laughs> so I don't know. And the only way I could see it working it, where where Bailey becomes a baby face again, this is probably not gonna happen, is where all three of the girls jump her. And Dakota try, Kai tries to make the save and help her, but they beat her down too. And then boom, Sasha Banks's music hits. And she hits the ring, and then they all get up and start beating each other up. And I think that would turn Bailey because then once the heels are all out of the ring, all the Asian girls are out, all the girls look around, and Bailey sees Sasha. Sasha sees Bailey, and Bailey does the hug, and then the hug is back. Hit her baby face music. Now she's a baby face again. And then Bull Nakano comes out and wrecks right. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see. But then Medusa what? comes out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Yo, what, 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 what do you think, Bells? What's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by all this. I do think they're going to turn on Bailey. I do think Bailey's going to go babyface. Um, I, I, you know, a missed opportunity. I don't think. I think maybe hashtag Slutty Bailey can go down the road, but we're, you know, we're starting to push those years now. Um, it's going to happen eventually, folks. Hashtag Slutty Bailey. It's going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> WWE, call me. I'm booking the shit out of this. Yes, this is going to be a great gimmick. Um, but nevertheless, it looks like she's going to be a baby face again. I don't think she's like necessarily going to go back to the hugger gimmick, but I can see them maybe calling back to her former, you know, buddies in the four horse women. Obviously Sasha's not around, but there are two other women and that gives her like a three on three scenario against the Asian invasion over here. Um, so that would be kind of interesting if they, we get a scenario where damage control or whatever damage control, uh, ends up beating down <laughs> Bailey and, and uh, oh. and then she needs to go find reinforcements, and she returns to her, you know, sisters from the Four Horsewomen recruits Becky and Charlotte to now kind of come and reclaim, restore order, if you will, uh, you know, and, and and try to knock this new, uh, you know, dangerous heel faction down a peg. I can, I think I even read that that may be where this is going, but uh, that sounds like something that could very well end up be being the long term plan. They're not really doing much with Charlotte and Becky, other than Becky's like you know little kind of nxt title run thing she's got going that would have been a dope um uh war games match man the the, the asian damage control versus the four horsewomen right uh, um what's her name is uh, uh becky not becky uh what's the other one that's not in the company Dakota? anymore no, sasha. No, no. oh uh, sasha sasha banks yes uh, sasha's hurt right now but but she did say she was like, I'll be in, in one wrestling company or another in 2024. So I think she left it open. And since Vince isn't actively involved, maybe she'll come back, you know, if, if they if they throw enough money at her. That that would have been nice to see the four the four horsewomen versus um the Asians and, and Dakota Dakota Kai is right. She can she could have been a part of it or somebody else, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. Not, not Dakota Kai. Who was what's the other one? Uh, that that is with was with AJ Styles for a bit. Um, Michin, right, right. Even though yeah, I mean, yeah, she's Korean or something. I don't, I don't know, but we can put it in there. It doesn't matter. Uh, we, we need an Asian female stable. I love it. I, I loved all everything about it. I, that would be fantastic to watch. Okay, let's do shout outs and let's get up out of here. Striz, what did you have uh, in store for us this week? What you don't follow me on the X? I just haven't been on. I do follow you though. Uh, well, you're gonna need to bring it up because you know, you're gonna have to play them. It's uh, it's yeah. Astra's a question day. You should have just told him it needs to be in text. We didn't. We didn't. We don't. We, didn't, we don't. I don't need to hear from these fucking. It's bad enough we gotta do shout outs. And I gotta fucking hear from them. 
I gotta right, listen to their to voices. They're fucking mouth breathing motherfuckers out here, fucking <laughs> trying to. Fuck. Jesus Christ! I think Sorry. they said nice things about you when they when they had. That I'm sure they chance. did. I had a fucking shit day at work, folks. Don't take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> Every day at work is a shit day at work. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, I'm looking forward to it. I did have second. Jesus chicken for dinner tonight, though, so I'm feeling good about myself. <laughs> what in the that. world is that? Hey, uh, Jesus chicken. Yeah, uh, Jesus chicken. Uh, I think you take a bite and you go, Jesus, that's some good chicken. Yeah, I'm, never, I'm never calling it anything else ever again. It will forever Jesus no chicken. I call it that. I'm like in the place. I'm like, Jesus chicken. And it's good. <laughs> I never heard that before. It is good. I love Chick-fil-A. Each and Chick-fil-A you sandwich has over 40 man-made chemicals in it. You can get you can, yeah, but it's blessed. You can you can get um uh the the one that's not breaded. It's very good, and the breaded one is fantastic. So, all right, it's time. Let's let's. Uh, I've only been a Chick Fil A once in my life. Really? I don't even remember if it was good or not. It was like back in like two thousand and seven or something like that. Oh wow! It was Although before it was I the did hot I thing. did go through the drive thru to get their peppermint shake last year and I was very disappointed with it. Uh, I don't know about was those. It, was it nearly pepperminty enough for me? <laughs> All right, Strays, let's get started. All right. All right. Here we go. Here's Mandir asking his uh, uh we got K Bob Tech up first here. Yeah. Oh, we do. Who uh, was it's not a video. Favorite? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's go. If we we're gonna go by the rules here, I said to record a video. What was it? Damn it. Yeah, you know he what? did. Damn the rules. Record a question. Let's go the other way. We're only going text. <laughs> Swerve. All right, let's see. Let's, Bob, Bob, uh, K-Bob Tech did say, if, uh, let's go back up. I can't read that. It's so yeah, it's, uh, Who was, Who was your, your favorite, favorite person to wrestle? wrestle? Jeez. I don't know. There's been so many. That's like a question that you need to like think of like three days in advance. But off the top of my head, I loved wrestling uh, Jeff Jarrett. That was one of oh, my favorite yeah. uh, TV matches. And, uh, yeah, well, this is before he was really, really, you know, he'd already been around 15 years, but uh, this is before his first push for the Intercontinental title, and he was getting into a um, feud with Razor Ramon shortly after that and was calling Razor out during the match and actually led towards them, I think, having a match together at Survivor Series. So but that was a good match because he gave me a lot in the match, although – you know, everything's edited down for TV, but we did like a, this is probably my longest WWF match. It's probably like 12 or 15 minutes and uh, gave me half the match, which was great. And um, I had a super bad stomach that day. It was so, so bad. I was going to shit myself so bad. And he, there was a part in the match where he whips me in the corner and I go down on my ass and he starts giving me the boots to my stomach and they were the stiffest fucking boots. And all I could think of was just keep puckering <laughs> because if I did <laughs> I was going to shit all over that ring. It, it, it was it was a rough, rough moment in the match. I was like, God, sweet Jesus Christ, if anything, God, if I have one wish, is to please not to shit myself in a WWF ring against Jeff Jarrett. Please, God. If you are truly an omnipresent being, you'll listen to my words and do not let me crap myself. And luckily, he heard my words and I did not shit my pants. So it was a good night. It was also the very first time I ever got a... Uh, he slingshot suplexed me, and I never had even ever taken that move before in my life, but it came out great. And he loved the match. And uh, Gorilla Monsoon was the um, um, commentator during that match. It was cool to hear him say my name. So, so, so yeah, that's that's just a quick one off the top of my head. Good, good answer. So now we got Mandy. Awesome. 
Everybody's favorite come here. What's going on, Mandy? What's up, Mandy? How you My doing? Dear. Let's play this. My question for the Striz is, what's one piece of advice you were given wrestling that you're able to implement in Hold on. civilian life? Rock on. Rock on. My question for the Striz is, you get that, Striz? Yeah. What's one piece of wrestling advice I've been able to use in my regular life? This is, again, another thing. Well, I, I, I heard this earlier when I was looking to see how many people had tweeted. And um, I really had to sit and think about that because I've been given some pretty decent advice. I've been given some absolutely rotten advice. And I think probably the best thing is it's a very esoteric thing. Uh, as a lot of people know, and maybe some don't, I was trained by Walter Killer Kowalski, who was arguably the best heel most popular vicious heel throughout the 50s, 60s, and part of the 70s. And he became not just my trainer, but my mentor and one of my closest friends I ever had. And he ended up doing a reading at my wedding. So that's, that's how close we were. I used to drive him to all the shows and we would have hours to just sit and talk in the car. And that's just some awesome shit. But uh, ultimately, without getting into a three-day explanation of why it is the way it is, is... Uh, and I didn't get it at the time, but only, you know, as I got older, was able to kind of decipher it a little bit more is that there is nothing new under the sun and all the world is a stage and all the players play their parts and everything you have ever in your life ever been told or taught has been a complete bold-faced lie. If you've seen it on television, regardless of what it is, it is 100% work. And everything you've ever known is not the way it really is. And um, he never got into it specifically, but uh, it was something, one of those things that kind of the white hair to lead you down a path of knowledge and uh, going and looking for things on your own and kind of uh, becoming a critical thinker. And, uh, you know, uh, it really helped me open my eyes a lot as I got older. So that's probably the best advice that I got from uh, anybody in the wrestling business. That's um, King Solomon. There is nothing new under the sun. At least it's attributed to him. Right. All right. Uh, we. So that was, had... and I was told that in like 1992. So that's <laughs> 31 years. <laughs> uh, question from Katrina. Yeah, this is uh, Mandir's daughter, who is now becoming a regular listener of the WLR. Girl Deer? Do we go with Girl Deer? <laughs> yeah, why not? All right, let's play Questions, Drangler. Are you still close with the people that you worked with in WWE? Like the superstars? Thank you for the question, Katrina. I appreciate that. And thanks for listening to the show. We're hoping you're having a good time listening to this with your dad. And uh, I'm not too, too close with people who are in the day-to-day -day business right now because when you're in the wrestling business full-time, it consumes your entire life. It's not just a job where you punch in and you punch out and you go home and you don't think about it. It's something, it's a 24 hour a day, seven day a week, 365 day a year business. And when you're in that business, you spend most of your time with people who are also doing the exact same thing. You're spending all your time on the road or you're traveling or you're at shows and you're pretty much only hanging out with the people you work with. So there's been times where I've had lots of great, great friends who have gone into, gotten full-time jobs there. But as soon as they do, the texts become fewer and farther between the phone calls. Also the same, fewer and farther between because it's like a vortex. It kind of just sweeps you up and kind of eats your life away. 
while you're at it. And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. It's just, it's just an all engulfing thing where you have to be all in or you're all out. And, uh, the, you know, it's just one of the, the things in the business, but, um, I am still friends with lots of wrestlers who aren't in WWE who were at one point, but no one who's not too many people that are currently in the business. I mean, you take a guy like people may know, but Matt Bloom who trains wrestlers at the performance center. And, um, I actually helped train him and spent a lot of time with him in his early stages in his career. Uh, Scotty too hotty used to wrestle him on the independence before he made it, uh, in the WWE and, uh, a lot of them, countless guys like that. But, uh, no one who's currently on TV. I mean, the, 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 the guy who was probably like the last guy on TV was probably um, Aaron Stevens. And I can't even remember the name he used in WWE. Damien uh, Sandow. Da- yeah, the intellectual savior of the unwashed masses. Uh, Damien yes. Sandow is probably the guy that I would still hear from when he was on the road because he would ask it, me questions for fish. There's another guy the Miz made, by the way. Cough, cough, cough. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I would say he actually gave the Miz back a second. Yeah, career. you're right. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, great kid um, loves wrestling, and I met him when he was 15 years old. The very first time he came up to Code Kowalski's, and uh, we've one of the cool dudes who never forgot where he came from, and would always hit me up and ask me for advice on certain things, and that was always great to be a part of that. Yeah, man, he's a, he's a cool cat, man. Yeah, he's all a super down to earth guy, man. Yeah. He's a, he's a cool dude. Um, and that was Katrina. That's dope, Katrina. You, I happen I happen to know um, from sources that Katrina's favorite wrestler is Cody Rhodes. Katrina and, uh, and, and, and BRV, we are of the same mind. We see the same things. We understand things on a different level where other people don't, Katrina. You know, Listen, and Billy I Ray, please stop trying to groom Mandir's daughter. It's fucking. It's a little I, weird. I, I, You're gonna have to, I understand. <laughs> I understand how difficult it is to listen to the likes of the Andrew Bello say things like this and say say things completely off cuff, talking about freaking the Miz, like it's relevant. You know, we I mean, see things for what they are. Katrina and I, we see Cody Rhodes as the heir apparent, the the face of the WWE. The new world champion. Thank you, Katrina. We appreciate you. That was a dope comment. Dope question for Striz. Okay. We got J. Rizzy Men. What's up, J. Riz? How you doing? Striz, Striz, you ready for this one? Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Boom. What's up, Striz? It's your boy, J. Rizzy Men, your favorite Texan. Just wanted to know, (laughs) um, post-wrestling career, what prompted the move to become a chef was it inspiration um something you always wanted to do um or was it just yeah i thought i'd do this and that's what you did thanks man appreciate it hope you're having a great day oh that was nice that was nice what What is it what is that baseballs hey he likes balls hey (laughs) guy likes balls (laughs) All right. There you go, straight. Uh, yeah, as, as far as that goes, I, I, it wasn't a post-career decision. It was a pre-, during-, and post-career thing that I had done. I, I never stopped cooking while I was uh, in the industry. In fact, I worked for, um, like, just like Bella. We both broke it at McDonald's back when we were That's teenagers. Right. And uh, by the time I was 15, I was a corporate trainer with McDonald's, and I 
did all the training there for all the, everybody that would come through the doors. And then around 20, I think it was 1920, I started with Chili's because they allowed me to have a very flexible schedule. This allowed me to have all my wrestling dates off because they were so short on help. They would take anybody at that point. And since I had a little bit of a background with fast food, they said, oh, God, if you can you know, do that, you can definitely do this. And it was the busiest Chili's in the world for three years in a row, which was crazy. But it did allow me to take my weekends off. I could take my training time off. I could set my schedule where I could train in the gym in the morning, uh, work a shift, and then go to wrestling school at night. And uh, so that was really beneficial to me for the years. Became a corporate trainer with them after about a year of being with them and opened up several Chili's restaurants all throughout the country, which also allowed me to go and work for organizations in wrestling throughout the whole country. And other ways, you know, a lot of guys never leave their own backyard. They hardly ever go 50 miles past their front door, but I got to go from coast to coast. And um, there's still no guys from all that stuff to this very single, this very day uh, from New England to you know here in Arizona, SoCal and everywhere in between and wrestled in Texas and stuff like that. So, you know, it was just one of those things where like actually the very first time I got called to do a WWF um, TV taping, my friend called me at Chili's because he knew I worked there because he was like my best buddy at the time. And he was booking all the... Uh, uh, enhancement talent uh, through Pat Patterson. And I think I told the story recently where Pat asked for a certain wrestler who had just been in a car accident, but Pat didn't know. And since Pat, since um, Chris Duffy, the guy who had gotten in a car accident, couldn't make the show, Pat asked for me specifically because he had seen me at a Killer Kowalski IWF show in New England and said, hey, bring that kid. You know, I like this attitude. And so Tony called me at work I had just gotten there like 20 minutes beforehand and was setting up my station to work. And then someone was like, Hey, there's a Tony here on the phone. I'm like, what the F like who died? You know, like, Oh God, what's wrong. Jeez. So I got on the phone. I'm like, what's going on? And he said, get your shit and come to my house. We're leaving in two hours and we have to go to Utica for WWF. You're getting the TV. And the thing is, it wasn't being called for enhancement talent. I was getting called for dark matches. This was going to be a trial. They were, they were skipping the, the enhancement matches and going straight to, dark matches which was insane and i was like i, I was i was 19 you know like it was, it was mental maybe even 18 yeah so i started so I was like 18 so um i said to my buddy eddie who was in the office with me when i got the call and everybody at chili's knew i i wrestled and everything and i'm like eddie the, the wwf is, wants me to go and try out he's like what the fuck are you doing here get the fuck <laughs> out of here he's like i'll watch your shit don't worry about it you can take care of the station like are you sure are you sure he's like Get out of here. This is It's not your dream to be a cook. It's your dream to be a wrestler. Go be a wrestler. I was like, I'll never, ever forget that in my whole life. That's awesome. And um, I immediately left my house, drove 900 miles an hour to my house, ran in there. My dad was home. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to WWF. I'm going to Utica. He's like, what? And I told him the whole story. And they were like, holy crap, holy shit. You know, because I'd only had like, I don't know, four independent matches, you know, at that point. <laughs> But, uh, wow. you know, I've been, I, you know, I, I have to, I'll blow a little smoke up my own ass. I was pretty yeah. good. And, uh, <laughs> so when Pat saw me, he was like, holy crap. He had no idea. I'd only had four matches. It seemed like I'd been working for a couple of years, even though I was young. But, you know, he loved the stuff and wanted to see more of it. So I was really ready to go. But, you know, I, after, you know, during wrestling, I, I kept doing, you know, staying up with it and opening up more restaurants and doing things like that. And then eventually when I got into my 30s, I really didn't want to do too much more wrestling. And I had 
done everything I really wanted to do. I know there was no place for me as a full-time wrestler. So, you know, I thought, well, if I'm going to keep cooking, I might as well do it for myself. And that's when I decided to open my own restaurant. Did that for several years before a customer came in and eventually bought the place out. And uh, now I just do it for fun and to get out of the house and then make a little side cash. And I like to have a schedule, you know what I mean? I like to kind of have a little bit of structure in that. It allows me that. It gives me some fun money and I get to work around food, which I love to do. I've been doing that since I was a little kid in my grandmother's kitchen. So, you know, it's just something that's always been a part of my life and most likely always will be. Fantastic. That was yeah. dope, Chris. Hope these yeah. answers aren't too long, guys. I'm sorry about that. Nah, man. They asked for a reason. All right. Now we got Mr. Colin Wise on. Very... You know, Striz, I'm here today <laughs> to ask a very pressing question. And that question is, Nine what does a man have to do to get put in the Striz's will? Damn, you know, Striz, I'm here today. That's deep. <laughs> Take all nine inches. <laughs> all the way to the sack, buddy. All the way to the God, sack. Uh, it's dark. Why are we talking about yeah. Striz's will, Colin? By the way, hi. I know, Colin. right? I'm not that old. I, mean, I did just have a birthday, but uh, and I am officially very, very old. But I like to think I have, I'm only halfway through at this point. So I prefer uh, wise. To, here, here, here's a way, Colin. You can you can be in the will. Uh, let's open let's open a restaurant together, and I'll leave it to you in the will. Nice. That's dope. Ooh. Can I get in on this? 11, 11, 11, 11. By the way, uh, Colin confirmed for me that those sunglasses he's wearing are actually a, it's like a a promotional item for his restaurant. I don't know if everyone knows what it is. I don't want to blow up his spot. So, uh, but they're like a promotional item for his restaurant. I thought this was genius. Like they made these like perfect Deion Sanders fucking knockoff glasses, slap their logo on the fucking wing. And it's, I thought Mm -hmm. they, I thought they were fucking blenders. Like I thought those were 85 dollars fucking glasses. Can, can, I, can I have a pair of $5 glasses, Tom? Yeah. Be it that you're not paying for them. You probably have a bunch of them in your office. Can you can you send one? For real? Over to New York. Thank you very much. I'll take a pair. Right. Why, and, and, and a pair for Bello. I need and a I, pair of sunglasses to wear because I have a really nice pair of Ray-Bans that are so nice that I don't want to wear them. You know? Like, yeah, oh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this I stuff, need... when you buy something nice like that, and you're like, I can't get these. Yeah. Scratched up. <laughs> I've had these glasses for like a decade. I've probably worn them less than like 50 times. Like, oh, I, wow. I'm, just, I'm just like, they sit. See, you're going out glasses. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> very special event. Very formal attire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have about four or five pair of Ray-Bans. Oh, I have Jesus. about four, four or five pair of Oakleys, and I have uh, then miscellaneous ones. I have a couple of fossil ones and a couple of other ones in there. I, I do have one pair of Oakleys that I bought while I was at Disneyland, at Disney World. And you know everything is super expensive at Disney World. And oh, the thing yeah. was, like, like there was so much sun, and I, I went into Sunglass Hut like a freaking idiot. Thinking that you know I was gonna find something reasonable. No, no, nothing reasonable. Um, but I really liked these shades, and I was like, whoa. And my wife was like, You want them? I'm like, Yeah, I want them. And she got them for me for Father's Day. Well, we split, we split them, but they were like 400 bucks. So I still have them. <laughs> Those are the ones that, that that I wear on my infinite fringe uh photo. Um, but I, I don't wear those as often, but the Ray-Bans I wear, like they, 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 you know, the 200 bucks or 150 bucks. I have, I have a pair of everyday ones that I carry in my, in my, in my bag, but I, I can use a pair of $5 glasses. So, so throw That's them my way, Colin, what's going on? Okay. The one true Bobo. All right. Tell him, tell him, uh, Colin. 
I mean, Carl Kalnick. Carl. <laughs> I'm, I'm falling asleep. I'm delirious. Tell him, tell him, uh, uh, Bells, t- tell him to go, Babo. Do, do, do your oh, thing. Babo. There you Bobo. go. <laughs> Shit. What, I botched that. You got anyway. me off rhythm. You got I me know, off. Sorry. That's all. It's my fucking fault. Okay, Strizz, pay attention. Here you all go. All right. Yes, sir. Strizz. Mm-hmm. I got to yep. know. Why is it you've been on every HMG show? Ooh. Next level review. Ooh. Is it Big Ray? Ooh, somebody put <laughs> somebody put Bobo up to this. Listen, Bobo, listen, I I I don't think you did this on your own. Yeah, and I'm, gonna need, I'm gonna need to see some hardcore proof that you did this on your own to believe it, Bobo. I just I just I, I don't I don't believe it, but hey. I could be very wrong. You're still the one true Bible. You're still my dude. You still you still sport a fabulous beard, but I think somebody put you up to this, sir. All right. Go ahead, Striz. Uh, they recorded a very strange time and I'm not available during. Also, I tried to do a, a, a surprise thing about maybe two months ago where I was setting uh, the vet up to be on the Friday locker room with Ben Hameen. And I was going to pop on and be a, you know, surprise host. That way me and the vet could actually get to talk and uh, have a moment. And some weird effing thing with Ray where he got all his panties in a bunch sideways and made some bitchy comment about something. And I was like, what the fuck? Way to ruin a fucking good thing. So we never got to have that happen because Ray got all fucking crybaby about something. Strizz, uh, I never had you on Next Level when I was hosting. I think you and I, I no, might have come different. on once you or definitely, twice. You definitely went on Next Level with, yeah. with Bells. That happened. That, I was actually going to say to you, Bells, man, I miss your – not that there's this bad. I, I enjoy their show. <laughs> but but nothing is, is ever as good as the original. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the vet's fantastic. <laughs> I, I would love, love to vet. actually meet the vet because I think he and I would end up having a great conversation. Uh I've done shows with Ray, and they tend to go like 9, 10, 11 hours, and uh, I don't know if my battery life would last that long, but I, I would love to do another one with you sometime, a little, some sort of special NXT thing someday. Yeah. Those are the best. There, there is... His that opinion. was my ride home back in the day on my... Yeah. my uh, what, what day did it drop on? Wednesdays or Thursdays? Used I can't to come remember. Come on Wednesdays, yeah. And uh, it was my whole ride home, because I had an hour ride home, and he'd always just be tying it up right when I get in get in the house it was it was a great show and i loved it it was great and it was the only way i got any uh nxt uk uh news because i didn't watch the show so it was yeah. the way i got to keep up with everything so bella was still one of my favorite shows of all time buddy. that's right his, nxt and his, uh, his, his opinion was jack <laughs> and then and, nxt proper and uh and his political opinion is jack too like he did i mean he's wrong about a lot of things but but he is the best broadcaster in hmg in my opinion Oh, so, uh, and, and, and yeah. even beyond that, like I think he's he's the the best natural talent that I that I've seen. Yeah, I'm far I, too I, talented to not be famous. Let's be real. That's that's just. I I, I agree. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Start eating a couple babies, you'll get there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm been waiting. Listen, folks, in case I haven't made it clear, like I'm just I'm literally sitting here waiting for the Illuminati to call. Like, and I'm gonna eat the fuck out of that baby, and you are never. And the rock means ever yeah. going to not see or think about the Andrew Bello. I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going to be anywhere. I'm going to be any when all time, always baby. 
and then and and Destriz's explanation about never going on on uh, on NXT next level. That's that's the 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 work version. It's not true. The real version. The 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 shoot version is. Um. They're just not sexy enough to house the streets. Yeah, you know. yeah the other one that said it. Listen, listen, I gotta say it. I got somebody has to say it. You know, it's a it's a very exclusive group. Okay. It's a very and, and I know some people, you know, they this they, they feel like they're sexy and there's a lot of different shapes and sizes of sexy. Listen, man, the Striz is the main event of WLR for a reason. Okay, and, and, and that's the upper echelons of sexy. You know, and he just won't go on your show if you're not sexy enough. That's just that's just the way it is. You understand? There was a there was a period of time when I was hanging up the uh, the next level boots that that show was potentially actually going to Mike Mondo, which was kind of bonkers mm. to me personally. I don't know if anybody knows this. This is like behind the scenes shit. Um, but now it's like then we had Colin for a period of time. We got Ray now. Honestly, folks, like we had really high hopes. We kind of fell off. Like if it wasn't for the vet. <laughs> I may have completely disassociated myself from this program by now. <laughs> Ray does a fantastic job over there with the vet, man. I, hey, I enjoy it. Right. It, it, it's pretty good. But I remember listening to Next Level on WWP before it was even on, on, on HMG. Back, back in the day, they, it was a long time ago. Um, okay, I think this is our last one, Mr. Dan. Well, Hold on, that- I got a call. I was say like Billy Ray, uh, if if uh, the time comes when Bill does get uh, abducted by the Illuminati and confirmed uh, member of the QAnon Society, do you think we'll ever hear from him again? Or do you think he'll just completely kayfabe us? Oh no, no, he he'll be he'll be uh, uh, at least rubbing it in my face for the rest of my life. So I I know I'd hear from him, and he'd probably take you along with him. You know, I I'd oh, be I don't know about that. I'd be sitting there looking up, be like, hey, Bells, what's up, man? And he'll just you know crap on me as usual i just you got know, the but- uh i got the mysterious address i gotta be at uh i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get a call later and uh and yeah no i'll probably bring screws with me uh i'll definitely haunt billy ray's existence and uh sorry colin like i, I don't know i mean like there's only so many pairs of five dollar sunglasses that, that that can exchange <laughs> for the life that comes along with being the, the kayfabe best friend of an illuminati member like i right. It, it's, it seems like an unbalanced trade. Maybe we can negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Dan Heffron. All right, uh, Dan. Let's let's listen to this. Questions for Striz. All right, Striz. This question is for you. Um, back in the '80s, uh, I went to a show at Boston University. Uh, it was the AWA put on called Wrestling for a Cure, mm. and the commentators were. Killer Kowalski and Eddie Andelman. I'm wondering if you happen to have caught that show, and if you did, what you thought about the commentary. Um, I've caught it a few times on YouTube since, and I found it to be hilarious. But um, if by chance you didn't see that show, what was the best show you saw in the Boston area? Oh, all right. That's it for the Wednesday locker room. Fantastic. That was a dope question. Thanks, Dan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was a deep cut. Go ahead, bro. Well, uh, he's talking about the Wrestling for a Cure show in the mid-80s where they were, I think it was like they were doing cancer research or something like that. And uh, Eddie Inleman, for those who don't know, is a Boston radio legend on WEI, and he's a sportscaster. 
and he's he he was around for I got over thirty years. He was like the highest rated dude. He could talk sports with any single person, regardless of sport. He was he knew more than anybody in the world. He just he's like a sports savant. In fact, he he, he uh, was a big wig because he used to own like uh, land in Boston, like where the Wonderland Grace uh, Greyhound Park was, and he he owned the parking lot. So when people had to park pay five bucks to park that was his money it was just crazy and later his kids are on tv now you know it's a whole generation removed now and they um have a show called the phantom gourmet and they go through different restaurants throughout new england that show's been on for over 20 years it's a huge local smash in new england and um even though eddie Edelman was never actually a really big fan of wrestling he loved killer kowalski he had him on the show all the time and um, uh, the, I did. I, I saw. I saw the show. Not when it was live. I saw it videotaped years later, sometime in the mid '90s. I don't remember the commentary other than them joking around a lot. But I couldn't tell you anything specific about it. But that was a a, um, a well-reviewed show. That uh, was a Boston classic because AWA didn't come around very often to the Boston area back then. So it was a pretty big deal. And just like. Um, Fritz von Erich brought uh, WCCW up to New England a few years after that, and Killer Kowalski helped promote the town. They drew like, you know, 10,000 people to a, like a show in Lynn, Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, but, but ultimately, I don't, I don't really remember the commentary. I'm sure it was fantastic because those two guys could talk to each other without knowing a single thing of what they're going to say and just go for a whole show and not say the same thing twice and have a bunch of awesome laughs throughout the whole thing. So I'm sure it was awesome. And uh, it's another goes to show you how. Even in their later years, like guys like Kelly Kowalski, who were like a true student of the the game of the of the business, was just like a brilliant dude up until the very end. So, fantastic! That was Ax the Striz segment. And if you didn't ask the Striz, you missed your chance for real. To be enlightened in a sec in the section. Yeah, only six game. people, right? That's you know. Is that when people have to put in effort? That's when you start weeding them out, yeah, right? It has right. to be recorded. Right. And that and, and Striz was like, you know what? I'm tired of reading 40, 50 freaking names of people just heart. I just people. want the hardcore fans right. at this point. And boom. And and so he started demanding stuff. And then these are the people. These are the sexiest of the sexy. That's right. The Next week we need a book. I, everybody's got to go read uh War and Peace. <laughs> we need a book report. Uh, <laughs> double space word or less. double space freaking. oh man uh, uh what is it how time? did you want the margins yeah when i want a solid inch around you know <laughs> that's what she said good lord i don't know i don't know i hope i would hope she wants a little more than that i would think so too all right bells let's get out of here man tell them where they can find you you could find me on X. X. At the Andrew Bello. That's T H to the E A N to the D R E W B E L L O. And uh, uh, I may have like had technological difficulties to the point where like, I don't know, the music's coming out anytime soon. I, I like, I got a hard drive here that apparently doesn't want to load anything anymore, which is always fun. So I'm getting a new one for Christmas. But until said time, I've got minimal storage on this laptop. Like I, the, the fact that I'm able to stream every week and poorly at that is is sort of a miracle unto itself. It's an old laptop. 
I don't want to spend money on this shit, folks. Frankly, I hear that. Y'all ain't worth it. Um, <laughs> so, um, I hear it that. Is, it, it is what it is. Striz has been fucking using a corded fucking headset and a cell phone this entire time. For will this, all this time. The, the fact that I have a laptop is just, just above and beyond by WLR standards. Um, so, so here we are. Um, but yeah, I will be working on something and coming out soon and working on that kanye remix and a couple other songs here and there in addition to like the emo rap album which is eventually coming down the pike as well assuming technology uh you know eventually catches up with me but uh for the time being go to youtube.com slash whatever the fuck you find the andrew bellow just type in the andrew bellow i'm everywhere hey Striz, we got one more man Uh-oh. K-, K Bob tech says uh oh you want you want a recording here you go so we got to get him in since right. he went out of his way to do this. Hold on for a second. Let's get him in here. Go ahead. Strangler Steve, Mr. King, Striz, yes. your favorite yes. tech worker, K-Bob. I'm just wondering who your favorite opponent in the ring has been. We, we already went over that, we K-Bob. Did, but props for, for punctuality. But, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but Striz can answer that again or answer it in a different way, whichever you prefer. Oh boy! Who's your second greatest opponent in the ring? <laughs> the first one was Jeff Jarrett. I'll yeah. tell you, I, lo- I loved the work in the Heavenly Bodies on Monday Night Raw. Oh. That was a great match. We had absolutely nothing planned. Just went in there and worked, and it was great. And they gave me a nice sunset flip, and I took the stiffest fucking moonsault from uh, the Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. And right. uh, when he came off the top rope, he came down on me with everything he had, and the way I was laying, our ribs literally were like cross thatched. And I keep pushed off my ribs, and I my whole chest compressed and literally pushed him off of my body, and it was it was ridiculous. In fact, my buddy worked him the following night, and he came. My buddy came up to me at the match. He's like, "You're not going to believe this." He was talking about the guy he worked with the night before, and because I didn't put my arms this way, because I was still a green piece of shit, mm-hmm. I just literally laid there and just waited for him to come down on me. So there was no like buffer. It was just all ribs. He goes, make sure you put your arms up. The guy last night, <laughs> I hit him so hard, I bounced off of his chest. <laughs> so it was, it was a pretty funny thing. But the, but the match was great. They loved the match, and I, I couldn't have been happier with it. It was great. In fact, I got there. I tagged with the late, great uh, Mike Bell, who was part of the the bigger, faster, stronger um, thing uh, uh, documentary that his brother produced years later. And uh, it was obviously, you know, before he passed away. But he didn't get to even – his part of the match didn't even make it on TV because – they were doing some promo for some, like, uh, I think it was Street Fighter at the time. So by the time he came back to the live match, he had already been thrown out of the mm-hmm. ring, and they were already starting to put the heat on me, and my partner never got tagged back in on that match. So it was kind of a fun match. And uh, Macho Man Randy Savage did the color commentary on it, and he said, my name's Steve King, and I thought that was pretty freaking cool. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, man, this is, I, I you know, I, I learned how to be sexy from the gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. You know, when, when I used to see that, you know, I, I I used to go up to to the girls in school and I used to do the Jimmy Del Rey uh, uh, jig or whatever. And it was a wrap. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, Striz, tell the people where they can find you. All right. Find me on the X. X. Come on, Bells. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm reading chat. I'm reading chats over here. Bone Jizz <laughs> is, is, is all over the place. <laughs> Uh, find me I'm on sorry, the X- Elon. I'm sorry. At <laughs> Strangler Steve underscore. I'm going to ask a Thanksgiving question next week, and I want everybody to answer. And uh, we'll have a fun Thanksgiving episode, I'm sure. And we'll do maybe some uh, 
you know, um, what do you call that? They're we'll trying to guess who's going to win all the Survivor Series matches, and then the following week we can see how right or wrong we were with everything. Uh, Bumjiz says, what a great name, Bumjiz. Hmm. Uh, oh, you knew Mike Bell. I didn't know him on a personal level, just as a colleague, and he was a great dude. And uh, I was always impressed with how big and thick he was. He was a strong motherfucker. He was like an ox and um, super sweetheart of a guy. But like, I didn't know him personally, but just you know, ships crossing and that kind of thing. We just happened to get teamed up one night and um, it was, you know, fun experience. But uh, yeah, he was in WWE for years and years doing jobs and always thought his time was going to come. And unfortunately, it did, didn't, like it doesn't for 99.98% of us. It just it never gets to be that point. But, uh, you know, he didn't really, I don't think that, you know, I think that kind of crushed him in a way. But, uh, you know. It is what it is, but he got to have some time in the ring where most of us never even get that far. So he did more than most. So I wish he could have rested his head on that. But, you know, life is what it is. So, All right. All right. Fantastic. It's been an excellent uh, show of WLR. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. We will see you next week. Lord willing, you take it easy now. You guys be good. Keep watching Cody Rhodes. Uh, show him to your your kids, you know, your little brothers and sisters who need a role model uh, uh, on how to be a real man and a real American. Cody Rhodes is the way to go. Ladies and gentlemen, please pay attention. All right, learn something. America, please learn from the American nightmare. Cody Rhodes, uh, the, the leader of the free world. The, please don't. The... <laughs> please don't. Honestly, I'm just sitting here as you're going through this rain, and I'm thinking to myself, like, if this motherfucker wasn't Dusty's kid, like, I'd be burying. Like, you think I was bad before? Like, oh god, it could be, it could be so much fucking worse. I have so much respect for this guy's father that, like, I just can't quite get to that level. But mm -hmm. it might be coming. The, Put the, the belt wow. on him, WWE. Let's fucking see. Let's find <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> Fantastic. Now right. I want to see it. There you go. See, Not one more Cody run on top. Let's one more Cody it, Rhodes fan for you, Billy Ray. Let's thank you very much for doing your part, sir. I appreciate you. Try. All right, we're getting up out of here. You guys be good. Strizz, Strizz loves uh, you. Love stuff. I do. Bells, I'll catch a punk ass down the road. Ah. Later, later, later. Peace. Oh. Peace. Oh.